G'day teabaggers, it's Will here. Uh, this is an episode of TOEFOP uh, that Charlie and I recorded a couple of days ago. I just wanted to do a couple of quick plugs up the top. Uh, we do have t-shirts available at Estoy Merchandise. Uh, the live stream from the LA Podcast Festival is coming to its last few days, but you can still get that. If you use the code TOEFOP, T-O-F-O-P, you get $5 off that. Only 20 bucks. You can still see the TOEFOP live show uh, walking the room uh, that Charlie and I were both on. The dollop is on there, WTF. There's so many really good podcasts on that, so check that out. And of course, James Foz Dyke has, has a red, red bubble page. So if anyone want any of the posters or uh, t-shirts with any of the TOEFOP, FOFOP or philosophy designs on there and some stuff from my shows as well, uh, you can always find that on James Fosdyke's red bubble page. All right, a couple other quick things. I'm doing a run of shows in Sydney of my Political Will show. Uh, it's the first couple of weeks weekends in November. And look, a lot of those shows have sold out. We added a second show on uh, the second Saturday. So whatever the weekend that is, the 13th or the 14th, something like that. Um, there's two shows that day. So there's some tickets available to that first show. And then pretty much only the Thursday show has some tickets left. So... Uh, that's only like a week and a half away, so if you want to get in for that, uh, particularly the first Thursday, book some tickets now. Uh, I'd love to see you there. Come and help me. Uh, you know, this new show that I've had to basically, oh man, this year, it's really been a lot, lot of shows that I've had to write. Um, it's a substantially different show to what it was, or it will be a substantially different show to what it was in Melbourne, so... Uh, there's been uh, fucking Malcolm Turnbull. Anyway, uh, you can come and see the show and uh, find out all about that. Uh, the other thing is that I have some shows on sale in various other places. So Adelaide, uh, Fire at Will, my new show, uh, is on sale now for the Adelaide Fringe, so get in for Fire at Will. Uh, I'm doing a week of uh, work-in-progress shows before I get to Adelaide this year in Canberra, and those shows went on sale yesterday and are already half sold out. So if you want to come see my work-in-progress shows in uh, Canberra uh, the week before I get to Adelaide that's in February um, uh, you, you better get on to that uh, get on it pretty quick I would say um, that's probably going to sell out by the end of this week I would imagine so um, that's for Canberra people uh, and yeah I think that's it Sydney uh, Adelaide Canberra other dates to come uh, only three episodes of Gruen left so if uh, you're a fan of the TV show then um, check that out and of course my DVD Illuminati it's still available in all the places that you buy DVDs or that you can download those sort of things. So check that out. That'd be really cool. All right. Hope you enjoy this episode and we will talk to you again soon. Cheers. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman like usual. <laughs> World Wars Live. It's free, you know. I traveled through time. Playlist. Totally. That's sexual. That's the Well, you're a lazy Susan. <laughs> it's a total fact. fact. The father of the bun and the holy toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor and let's get guns. <laughs> now, this is Tofop. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. That uh, was a long process to get started then. What happened? No, well, basically, I had to reformat the SD card. Um, I don't really know what that means, but sometimes the Zoom asked me to do that. And so I did it. Um, what I do know that it means is if the Zoom is asking me to do that, it's erased all the things that I had on there that I thought I had. Ah. Yeah. Ah. But that's okay. Do you, in this case, there wasn't anything on there, but I just been Just pre- you previously. coming in here late at night and just singing like the Bulldog song to yourself just quietly in the dark. 
I have thought about doing a podcast by myself, a solo fop, maybe. Yeah. Um, just like see what it would be like to just talk for like an hour by myself. But then I'm just like, oh, who wants to hear that? Yeah, it's. Uh, I've tried. I I experimented with that's awesome doing an intro where I just talked about the person who's about to come up, and I hated it. I just felt like it doesn't come naturally. I remember when I was at Triple J, I used to do that segment on Mel's show and Charlie's show. And uh, I tried a couple of times to do the, like, apply for the midnight shift, whatever it's called, the uh, mid-dawn. I was going to say from dusk to dawn. Yeah. But that's not- <laughs> yeah, to be in that vampire movie. Um, but, uh, a mid-dawn, yeah. Yeah, and so you have to do- I a- never did a mid-dawn shift. I would have loved to do that too, except I didn't well, know I, how any of this I, stuff I did worked. it as a guest for, like, Justin and for Scott Dooley, and it was fun. But then I did an air check where it's like you basically do a, a trial show that no one ever hears. You just go into the studio. And I was terrible at it. And I remember there's this one thing, they gave you this little printout of like things to remember, like to help you. And one of the things was talk like there's someone else in the room. And so like address someone as if like there's someone else in the room. But I couldn't do that. I just, I kept hearing myself and I just, I found it really, really difficult to imagine someone to talk to. That's why I reckon like podcasting for me works really well because it's a conversation. It's not an interview, which I don't know I'd be that great at either. But it's also not me just fucking like, speaking my mind it's actually an organic process of two people talking is that too deep no i just thought it'd be funny when you said it's an organic process of two people talking for me then not to contribute <laughs> it was it was kind of a meta joke on it was the good. form on what you were doing nice plus at the same time ramona was uh, climbing on my lap and avoid, i was trying to avoid all the comments. how is uh, ramona there's a lot of people have been asking yeah okay so she had to have an operation i didn't want to give too many details the other day because i didn't know how it was going to go uh, but uh, basically, uh, what, what has happened is that she has an ingrown tail. Like the breed have kind of weird, short, stumpy tails anyway. But she particularly had like an ingrown tail, and it was giving her some troubles. It was it was annoying her, and it was uh, only going to get more and more annoying if we didn't do anything about it. Uh, so basically, she went in for an operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, had that operation. Uh, what they had to do was they had to take some more, like go inside and. Uh, take some more stuff off the tail yeah and that that gets dangerous because basically you're in an area because she doesn't have much between the bottom of her spine and yes, there bottom of her spine right yeah and that's where she can get really kind of full so, on so yeah it was pretty scary we were pretty scared uh, about it all but she seems pretty good it's no been a she week. seems great <clears throat> she's got a shaved ass yeah well basically she's got kind of an undercut like my haircut yeah but on her ass but on her ass yeah like my haircut in fact when uh when i came into your house she was facing the other way and i was like oh hey will oh sorry no that's not <laughs> Uh, she did start bleeding from her stitches uh, the other day when I was here by myself and I don't have any car because I didn't replace my car after it got stolen. So um, I suddenly had one of those situations where I was like, oh my God, how do I get her to the vet? Like she's bleeding from her stitches and I didn't want to leave her. Uh, but then our, our dog walker came and got her and took her to the vet. You called uh, you called a dog, dogulence. A dog, yeah. <laughs> That's the best of a gun. Terrible. <laughs> dog puns. I couldn't think of one. You know what I loved last week was like two times there were things that you, the human internet, normally would have nailed and you didn't nail and a few people online commented about it yeah. and they were like, they think it's the no drinking. Oh yeah, it's sapping my power. Yeah, it's sapping your human internet power. <laughs> it's the juice that fires a human internet. Um, I spent a lot of time on the internet this week. It was a big week for film worship. Okay, well, two events. I, I wanted to talk to you about this anyway. So, okay, yeah. so go on. So, two events. So, it was the Star Wars, the trailer for The Force Awakens. And, and, what, it, and what did you think about that? Well, I 
I've been thinking a lot about it. I've been very, I've been very introspective about this because I uh, didn't see it straight away, but I saw a lot of reactions and people going bananas. And what struck me was people who were going bananas were people I wouldn't ordinarily pick as being into Star Wars or being kind of geeky, but like everyone, it ignited everyone, a big cross-section of my friends. So I watched it and I felt nothing. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't feel excited or anything. And part of me realizes that that's probably a good thing because I think they're holding back. Like they showed no Luke Skywalker. They, they're holding back. So maybe I'm just so kind of spoiled by trailers that tell me everything that I saw something I didn't recognize. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel, I don't feel anything with that. But then another part of me, the force that awakened in me was <laughs> I don't think I'm as big a Star Wars fan as I thought I was. How big a Star Wars fan did you think you were? Pretty big. Like, I mean, one of my first film I can remember seeing was Empire Strikes Back. I remember being at a drive-in theatre. I remember falling asleep about 20 minutes into it because I ate all the Mars bars. <laughs> you know, like, I remember seeing Darth Vader on the You got screen. home, you were like, uh, well, that was a really good film. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess Darth Vader definitely isn't Luke Skywalker's dad. <laughs> From what I saw. So my my memory of Star Wars was that, which is, and then every kid at my school, like I was so jealous because there was kids who had Star Wars figures. Across the road, the Gordons, one of the kids had like, he was that kid who had like the um, the four-legged, you know, the thing, the, the at-at, you know, in, in Empire Strikes Back, he had a big version, like toy version of that, that actually walked and it had like, the lights would flash up when it was shooting its guns and stuff. And he had like nearly all the figurines. So you go around there, but, we weren't allowed to play with any of it. No. It was really annoying. Like, he would let us into his room. It was He was the older brother of a kid I knew. Uh-huh. And he would let us in. And there were all the Star Wars would be lined up with the At-Ats and all the vehicles and a Millennium Falcon and stuff. But you couldn't touch it. You could just stand there and look at it because he'd arranged them all precisely. Yeah, and of course you couldn't touch it. You were fucking kids. Yeah. I'm not letting some fucking... But he was also a kid. ...neighborhood kids touch my fucking cool Star Wars shit. He would have been like 12 and I would have been 8. It wasn't like he was a serious collector. He was like just a kid who was like... You know what? He's probably you sold can't that. trust kids around this shit. Did you see that footage? It was this is like a month or two ago now, or maybe even longer than that. But um, it, and I, I don't know many of the details, but you don't need them for the story. But basically, a kid was on a school excursion at an art gallery. Did yeah, you see this? No. And the kid just like fucking fell over, and he had a slushy, I believe, from memory, and like he essentially destroyed a nine million dollar piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> like, how's that day? You've gone on a school excursion. Oh, God. You're enjoying your fucking slushy, looking at some art you don't understand, and suddenly you've destroyed something that's worth $9 million. That kid is a young Chris Farley. Like that, <laughs> that's something from, like, Black Sheep or Tommy Boy. I don't know if I'm even just filling this in and making this up, but I seem to remember that I looked at video footage of it. But again, I might just be piecing this together in my mind. But I do believe he had a Chris Farley... A, Esque element to him, <laughs> like there was an essence of Farley about him. It's, maybe it's a <clears throat> bit of brilliant viral marketing for a new kind of like you know a Paul Blart or something like that. <laughs> it's like Paul Blart the reboot or the yeah. Paul Blart the prequel. Uh, P- uh, Paul Art, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Museum Cop. <laughs> He's a museum. This time he's back, and he's it's like it's a night at the museum meets Paul Blart Mall Cop. Uh, That's your mi- perfect summer. No, mixed with uh, like Stand by Me or what's a kids film? Like what's a kids comedy? Goonies. Goonies, exactly. Yeah, because maybe there's an artifact he's looking for. Like he finds out about Curly's fucking gold or something hidden behind one of the paintings <laughs> in the art gallery. But he's no. There's a cool kid who learns about it. He is Chunk. 
Yeah. He's oh, yeah. Trunk. He's Chunk. Basically, it's the missing scene from Goonies. Right. And instead of the truffle sl- shuffle, he does like the slushy... Mushy? Mushy. <laughs> the mushy slushy. Yeah, he does mushies <laughs> and then he trips over with his slushy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was drinking a mushy slushy. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Bangkok drinking a mushy slushy. He was at a full moon party. <laughs> and... Uh, Star Wars. So from that, okay. From, so from that, I you know I never really had toys or anything like that. But like I watched the Caravan of Courage or the spin-off series, uh-huh. the Ewok cartoon. I think the Ewoks Caravan of Courage. Yeah, yeah. And there was a, there was also like was a that cartoon. a real movie? What, no, was that a made TV, TV movie. There's no Star Wars characters. Appearing I don't know in. if I've ever seen the Ewoks. Uh, Ramona, don't don't bark at that. Have you ever seen this, the the very infamous Star Wars Christmas special? I reckon I've seen clips and stuff you know on, on is, the though. internet. Yeah, it's amazing to watch. I've got it on DVD. You've never seen Harrison Ford look more unhappy to be somewhere. For anyone who doesn't know, when they made the first Star Wars, uh, the 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 studio allowed had the rights to make a telly movie, a made for TV movie, which was it was like what was it? The spirit of there's some it's the the cosmic equivalent of Christmas. So all the Star Wars characters are flying across a galaxy to get home for their version of Christmas, but it's just really cheap. Like, all the kind of expensive puppets now look cheap. And you've got all the stars like Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford making appearances. You've got female um, Wookiees. And it's the most... It's the cheapest, shittest thing in the world. And George Lucas saw that and was like, that is never happening again. People wonder why George Lucas, you know, why he bought up all the rights and was so protective of it is because of that fucking television special in 77. Then a little film called Phantom Menace comes along. And everyone's like, George, why did you protect the rights so badly? Like, maybe you should have handed over to someone else. Right. No, no, no. I think he was just really passionate about, you know, taking any of the joy out of the original films. Well, okay. So that's the next stage of my Star Wars journey. Is I kind of, a kid who was aware of it, liked it, but never had any of the toys. Then the prequel hype started happening. And I got very into that. I liked Liam Neeson. I liked Ewan McGregor. I started reading like film magazines and doing a bit more research on the Star Wars mythology and all that kind of stuff. Um, even bought a lightsaber at one stage. Hang on, what? Michael Chamberlain and I both bought lightsabers. What color was your lightsaber? Green. It was Qui Gon Jinn's lightsaber. Oh yeah, and right. It lit up, and my girlfriend at the time. And was I had it. Believe it or not, I had a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just my pillow with a face drawn on. You were just uh, staying at home playing with your own personal lightsaber. <laughs> uh, t- tell me, uh, were they life size? Were they yeah. lightsaber? Yeah, size? they were the first ones to come out because on a. As a kid, I had a lightsaber, uh-huh. but back then it was just like a really shitty lightweight thing, and the only sound it made was it had like a little whistle thing at the end, so when you waved it around, it was like, woo, woo, woo. Okay. But these new ones, they lit up, you hit a button, they ignited, and they had battle sounds, so when you hit it against something, you're like, <laughs> right? Yep. So my girlfriend at the time, uh-huh. uh, I she was a year below me at uni, and she had an essay on film or something that she had to write, and she didn't want to write it. And she asked me if I'd write it for her. And she said, I'll buy you something. And I said, well, buy me a lightsaber. <laughs> she got like an A, I think. Or like she got a really okay. good mark. Nice. Um, but then I went and saw the first film and I was like, oh, like that was so bad. Like so many things don't make sense. Like it has probably the best lightsaber battle of all the kind of movies, but it has the least at stake. Like right. it looks amazing. But the thing about the first lightsaber battle between, you know, Obi-Wan and Darth is it's fucking, there's a lot of emotion and high stakes and the fact that he gives his life. They repeat the same beats in Phantom Menace with Qui-Gon Jinn's death, but it's, you feel nothing. 
It's because you don't care about him. There's like no character. So then the second film comes out. And I'm like, all right, maybe you just needed a warm up. You need a warm up. And then you find out that Boba Fett's dad was Jake the Muss. And all those stormtroopers are actually the same person. They're kind of clones. And now they're revoicing Boba Fett sound like Timuera Morrison. It's like, all right, you know what? I don't really care about stormtroopers. Just give me Darth. We want Darth. So the third one comes out. Yeah, yeah but the second one, you've got to say that, like, I mean, when it comes to, you know, movies, you know, about intergalactic politics set in space, I mean, it's one, one of the... Of tax reform and trade, I mean, trade routes. At last. I mean, this is the thing. I was like, you know what? Here on Earth... <laughs> Like, no one really wants to watch trade negotiations. But if you put trade negotiations in space, yeah. who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> well, me. <laughs> By the way, let's take the one thing that's integral to this entire story, the force. Yeah. This mystical oh. thing and explain, explain it. it. Take away all the mystique. Let's take away all the mystique and explain it in a way that still doesn't really explain anything, but just spoils yeah. it. By providing more detail, you've made it sound worse. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's like religion. That, Don't look into it too closely; it all falls apart. Yeah. So then the third one, you're like Darth, Darth, Darth. Yep. And there is a fucking fight on a lava lake with two guys like battling their light sticks. <laughs> and then uh, Obi Wan gets to a point and he's like, um, "I have the higher ground, you know. Don't jump off that floating log and attack me because, uh, you know, I'll beat you." And uh, Anakin's arrogance makes him think he can leap over him and he just hacks him down it's like hang on like you've seen these jedis leap over heaps bigger things than this like this it, it is a nonsensical it's a, it doesn't make any sense like it makes darth vader look like the biggest fucking idiot on the planet he went from being the baddest villain to being just like this whiny teenager who then makes the most the clumsiest technical error at the end so darth vader's mystique is gone yeah you're absolutely right you get no moment to actually go, like... What a badass. Right. Because all he is, is a... Like a whiny teen... Whiny kid. Well, annoying a, a, kid. An annoying kid. A whiny teenager. A whiny teenager. And then a fucked up emo or something? I don't know. And then, like, oh, yeah. And then he's just fucking... He's a really shit villain. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, it's like... Like, he's, he's the George W. Bush. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. It's like it's like finding out that... Uh, I don't know. Who's a, one of the greatest villains in history? Uh, uh, film history. Oh, in film like, history. Uh, I can't think of one. The Joker. Okay, the it's Joker. Like, it's like doing like the origin story of the Joker uh-huh. and just taking or explaining where all of his kind of like the perp- his love for purple comes from, you know, or like finding out where the scars come from. The thing that Dark Knight does so well is your imagination takes hold. Oh, yeah, but in this story, they're all just really boring reasons. Really boring. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I oh, know, actually, the scars were just really incidental. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was a... Yeah, it was a, it was a shaving accident. Yeah, it was actually really... Actually happened twice. You know, it happened you twice. wouldn't read about yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, it was just... He said, I actually uh, I used to sleep next to my collection of antique razor blades. Rolled over once. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. So I put them on the other side so it wouldn't happen again. Rolled, ah, oh, God damn it. It's actually quite a mundane story. But they're intimidating, right? <laughs> I mean, I couldn't work in a bank. Yeah. So I had to go with this. I think, I mean, they've. I reckon they fucked up with Wolverine for the same reasons when they released that origin story Uh it was like the best thing about Wolverine is he had no past he didn't know his past right and that was kind of cool there was hints that got you going oh he was in the Weapon X program now where'd the metal come from all that kind of stuff and then it's like oh no he was a spoilt little asthmatic boy in Victorian England or something like that 
It's like, we don't need to know about the boring bit. <laughs> we want to know about when they're the hero. We don't need to explain that. Uh, okay, so uh, how many of the Star Wars films would you say that you have liked so far then? Star Wars, Empire, Jedi. Okay, let's ra- uh, put them in order. What's, what's your Empire, order? Empire, Star Wars, Jedi. I would say I would never again watch Phantom Menace. Oh, no, that's not true. Just for Qui-Gon Jinn. I like Liam Neeson's performance. It was the start of his mentor period. Right. Him and Morgan, <laughs> him and Morgan Freeman would see each other at audition all the time, go, oh, mentor role? Yeah, mentor role. <laughs> Michael Caine turns up and says, oh, I used to do that. That's a different now. Uh, um, yeah, so I'd say... I, if you were a guy who like looked like a wise old man, you know, like you'd just be so devil you just wouldn't even go out for shit, would you? No. You'd just be like, you know what? Yeah. Like if, if those guys pass, give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> if those guys pass, call Sean Bean. Right. If he passes, call Jeremy Irons. If Irons passes, get that guy from Friday Night Lights. He's a bit young, but you could age him up. We need someone who inspires young men. <laughs> oh man, I'd love to see Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights as a like you know as Rajal Ghul or something. I'd oh, be awesome. <laughs> uh, Just so, play it like Coach Taylor. So I reckon the worst of them is Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that's the Boba Fett. Uh, that's the Boba Fett is a Kiwi and uh, the horrible love forced love story between Anakin and Padme. Like some of the most cringeworthy dialogue. You know, sitting in fields and riding giant, like, CGI rhinoceros or something like that. It's just... It doesn't make any sense, that one. I mean, even the romance doesn't make sense. She could do heaps better. Yeah. Yeah. And she, and also the age doesn't quite work. Because, like, 97, he was, like, eight years old. And then, what, five years later, he's suddenly 16? I mean, do you age differently when you have the Force? Yeah, yeah. The midichlorians. Yeah, 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 midichlorians. Yeah. There's a there's a three part movie coming out to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like puberty. Yeah. It's like puberty for a Jedi. Oh you yeah. You get a yeah, surge yeah. in midichlorians and your yeah. voice your voice drops. <laughs> you start getting here places you wouldn't yeah, get before. What, a lot of people thought he had a voice modulator when he was Darth Vader, but that was just <laughs> He's going through Jedi puberty. So how would you... What's your impression of Star Wars? Uh, so I like Empire Strikes Back. I reckon it's a really cool movie. Um, I like the idea of Star Wars more than I like the movie. Mm. Um, I really didn't enjoy Return of the Jedi and pretty much everything else I've found unwatchable. Yeah, right. Um, I've watched them all, though. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, and I've watched them all more than once. But, mm. yeah, I, I'm not... I, I so like what, the I, I like the universe. I love the Star Wars universe, but I don't like much of the execution. And you like JJ, you like JJ Abrams, so you can see the potential. Yeah, I mean, I I, I watched the trailer, and I was kind of one of those people that was like, oh, you know what? I, I did not think I was interested in this in any way, and mm. now I feel like maybe I'm interested in it. I wonder. I just I've been doing some soul soul searching because uh, I put it out on Twitter that uh, I was like, ah, oh, didn't do it for me, and. Uh, Someone did run back and say, yeah, well, fucking 8,000 hours of Home and Away hasn't really done it for me either. <laughs> Touche. No, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, but people, yeah, a lot of people came back saying you're fucking crazy. And they did bring up the point again and again that it's, they're not showing anything. So I'm thinking that's maybe what it is. Is like, oh, 
Well, no, no. Could, because you definitely know there's some stuff that's in there that they could be showing. Like mm. even from the... Well, the Luke Skywalker yeah. is the big reveal. And if they hold off on showing that, that's very that's very, a very fucking disciplined of them in this day and age where people get photographed on set all the time. No, I don't think there are any photos of Mark Hamill even in costume. Um, but if they can hold that off, then hats off to them because this is the era of putting fucking half the film online, you know, before you release it. We had a meeting with a marketing strategist about distribution about a year ago and she was saying... Um, that is the new trend. Like it used to be that you would make a film and you would hold off and you would tease. But it, this is an era where people want it and they want it now. And you basically, have you noticed that? Like when it, before a film comes out, there'll be like at least four featurettes that will be, you know, analyze everything. So by the time you've seen the film, you've probably seen a good 20% of it. Yeah, it, it's amazing how much of it. And like, I mean, that's why I love it because Christopher Nolan, you know, was a big one for not putting, you know, anything from the last third of the film mm. in, in, you know, in the trailers and stuff. And it is nice when you go and see something, you're like, oh. Well, the Terminator Genesis was the classic one of, what are you doing? <laughs> like, the one thing this film might have had going for it was a surprise and you showed it in, like, the trailer. In the trailer. Yeah. Even the director came out and said, yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice. Like you, could read, you could read the fucking sarcasm in his in, in the words. It's just I like, mean, it'd be like the Crying Game trailer, having someone going, oh my God, you've got a cock. Yeah. Like, in the trailer. Yeah, Bruce Willis, it's like, I'm dead. <laughs> Voiceover. <laughs> you know, this would be a quite interesting story if I wasn't already dead. <laughs> well, Holly... Um, uh, we got some feedback also that we missed a very obvious casting yeah, last nice week. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, of course, would play yeah, all the midlife crisis, mid-life crush. crisis crush. Yeah, that would be perfect casting. Yeah, I can't believe we did that. We missed that. Um, uh, so the other film event that happened this week, yeah, Back to the Future 30th anniversary. Yeah. Now, okay. Firstly, I didn't get into it much, and I I was busy at the time it was all happening, so I just kind of avoided it. You uh, didn't have the time. I didn't well, have the time. If only you could go back in time. Back in time. <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, is that date in Back to the Future, or is it where they went? Is it the date they went to in Back to the Future Two? Two. Yeah. So it's Back to the Future Two day, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, because that was the thing I couldn't understand that everyone was like, "Oh, it's Back to the Future Day," but I was like, "Isn't it really Back to the Future Two Day?" I think Back to the Future they're talking as in the trilogy. Right, but we're really celebrating something that happened in Back to the Future 2. Yes. Ah, <sighs> oh, on a technicality. Really? Yeah, I don't know. That's funny. Yeah, I don't... Because Back to the Future I mean, is a perfect movie, but Back mm. to the Future 2... No, but that's the thing. Like, uh, a lot of the people, a lot of the articles are written, a lot of people did sort of pick up on that point. Okay. Like, they were saying it's more... It's more the actual... The, the trilogy, the mythology, sorry, is probably a better point. It's the mythology of Back to the Future. In fact, the documentary that I just started watching called Out of Time, it's on Netflix, and it's the most recent Back to the Future documentary. And uh, Dan Harmon, the creator of Community and uh, Rick and Morty. Harmon Town. He actually talks podcast. about, it's the first time I've heard anyone say it, but the mythology of Back to the Future. He said it's almost the perfect mythological story. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. It's the mythology of Back to the Future. That's what we're celebrating. Because it's really... I mean, I can't think of another film that when... If you bring up time travel in conversation, that is the film that everyone references, right? Yeah. 
There's yeah. no more dominant film in the genre. I mean, if you say superhero movie, oh, Iron Man, Dark Knight, but if you say time travel film, Back to the Future. Yeah, well, I mean, Back to the Future is a, a it's an iconic film, but I think the love for Back to the Future, like, comes from the first film. Yes. Like, the, you know, the, the two other films are like, so I, it just felt weird to me that we were celebrating something from Back to the Future 2, mm. which is like, you know, it's just not quite the same which, thing to me. You know what? And also, like, Bob Zemeckis and uh, Bob Gale didn't want to make Back to the Future right. 2. So essentially we're celebrating something in, something they didn't want to make. And then those articles where people were like, oh, you know, Oh, back to the Future, what Back to the Future got wrong about the future. And I was like, hang on, was the, it wasn't even like a perfect fucking film. Did they also have to predict the future? <laughs> yeah. I, well, how about- Were the standards so high in the first film right. that they then had to become... By the way, in the second one, we're going to predict the future. Yeah, precogs. But also the other thing is, it's not Back to the Future's fault, it's the future's fault that it hasn't caught up with Back to the Future. Yeah. They came up with the shit. Yeah. We haven't we haven't invented it. Yeah. I mean, there was a very funny college humor <sighs> cartoon which was like Doc and Marty arrive in the in our timeline of twenty fifteen and being like, Where are the flying cars? It's like, no no no, we're still running on fossil fuels. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah, but we are, you know, mostly just spending our time celebrating your movie. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what we do in the future. <laughs> Did you see um uh Jimmy Kimmel? That, uh, oh, no, I haven't seen it. I saw, I saw that it was online, but I you get it's you get choked up. Like it's actually quite beautiful to see. Like I mean, they George uh, uh, I was going to call him Marty McFly. Michael J. Fox is actually in like the puffy vest and stuff, and he's great. Like both of them. Like it's so beautiful. It's such a nice la- final lap. Like just waving. It's they get such a great response. And Christopher Lloyd fucking just knocks it out of the park. Like I think he is more Doc Brown than he was like actually Doc Brown like he's more kind of like you know like a bit dottery and stuff but it fucking works like if you're gonna make a Back to the Future 4 you could easily put him in now as Doc Brown it would work just as well it'd be a different Doc Brown because he's genuinely quite frail and stuff now but it was fantastic well like what like more like uh, the scientist dude from Fringe where like you know he haven't seen it oh okay so um, I haven't had time <clears throat> to watch Fringe uh, well here's the thing about Fringe it's set in like alt- alternate dimensions so in one of those universes you might have oh my had god time. I just had a great idea for a time travel film what if there was a guy who froze time so he could catch up on all the TV shows that he's never seen <laughs> And he never unfro. You know, it's a Netflix come to him and say, "We need someone to review all of our TV shows." Uh-huh. And look, we know that's a virtually impossible task, but we have this time device. You can stop time, watch all the shows, and when you've watched all the shows, you can come back. And it's like, okay, great. How hard can that be? But when he gets in there, he realizes he can't watch all the shows he hasn't watched. <laughs> it's a devil's bargain, and so now he's stuck in this frozen world. Like everyone's just like a mannequin. I mean, I'm not sure it's a whole film. <laughs> if you were Charlie Kaufman, I'd buy it. <laughs> um, not Charlie Clawson. No, but it's close. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we, we don't know what happened. We had a bad line. Yeah. They've sent us the- Did you just sign Charlie Clawson <laughs> to a million dollar three picture deal? Yeah, we, yeah the guy wrote uh, Benjamin Malkovich. Yeah. No, that's Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> you fucking idiots. We have to pay this guy now. 
This contract is watertight. Because I believe if he went in and pitched that, they would buy it. Because yeah. it is actually kind of like it's, this it's sort of con- thing. It's a high concept. It's a high concept thing. And if you... Like, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a being John Malkovich-style idea. It's a man who's stopping time but doing it and it's commenting on our society and the idea of time and, you know, binge-watching and, you know, watching things in real time. And, like, you buy that fucking pitch from him in a minute. Yeah, but not me. Not, oh, (laughs) no. Ramona just farted. That's how much she uh, did not enjoy that. (laughs) That's how we think of your idea. Uh, Tell me this. Yeah, yes, Ramona, you smell bad. Go away. Fucking hell. Um, So, uh... If they they were going to make a Back to the Future four, yeah, what do you think that movie would be? Oh, because you love Back to the Future, like yeah, you- I just I don't know, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's... Well, been- tell me, walk well, me through. For me, I'll tell you what the difficulties are in my yeah, mind. Okay. What to do with Michael J. Fox? Do you be very brave and address the Parkinsons and work it into the story, and because it would have to become. A fairly large. If your main character has gone from being Marty McFly to being this guy with Parkinson's, I think you have to explore that. How do you do that? How do you do that in a comedy or mainstream comedy? Like, there's such a risk of you just not pulling it off. So, do you Michael J. Fox him, do you does him to a Michael J. Role? Fox does a lot of acting still. Mm. Um, he is in The Good Wife, and he plays like a regular like role in that. And you know, it, they his character has a. A different disability, you know, to what, yeah. But, you know, they just play that. But do they acknowledge it? Yeah. Okay. It's part of the storyline. And I reckon you could do that. Because you can still get sick, like, in the future. Mm. Like, if he's older and in the future. Like, I reckon they could do it. I reckon it'd be really fucking cool to do it. I mean, he doesn't have to say, you know, have Parkinson's necessarily. Although, maybe he could. He could be sick, you know. That's a good point. And there could be some commentary on the idea of them going back in time to cure kind of cure or whatever, but like they're not that not being what it's about, you know, that life's not about fixing things. Life's about, you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because he doesn't have to be the main character, but that makes sense. And you could bring that actually makes sense. You could bring Doc back, like you let him be old, like you know, I mean, you let him be old. Well, here's the thing, right? One of the lessons of Back to the Future is that like you can't mess with a timeline, right? So Marty could go to Doc and say, My, Marty locates the Doc somewhere in time. You know, maybe the girls like Mary Steinberg and his kids are settled in some time and the Doc comes back periodically. They meet on a certain date. They meet on the 21st of October, right? you know, of every year. And so Marty, the Doc's quite shocked when he sees Marty because Marty says, yeah, I've got this condition. It doesn't have to be Parkinson's, whatever it is. And he says, Doc, I know you said you don't want to travel through time, it's too risky and only you can do it because you're only going between here and home. But could we go back in time and prevent this disease? Or go into the future and find a cure or something like that? Would you do that for me, Doc? And Doc has to go, Marty, we can't. Like, we just got away with it last time. You know, it's too risky. And then the entire movie is them just debating that ethical proposition. Yeah. (laughs) Tuesdays with Maury to the future. My dinner with Andre to the future. Sitting in the DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, we get Kevin Smith to direct it. Just two guys talking. It's clerks in a DeLorean. <laughs> I would fucking watch that. I would watch Clerks in a DeLorean. Written script by Tarantino. Yeah. Clerks in a DeLorean. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Oh no, I'd love to watch um like I, I say this all the time, but my favourite character is just doing ordinary stuff. Like, you know, 
I, I, I would love to see a movie where like it's just an hour and a half of like Han Solo and Chewie just like flying through space, like talking just, shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, Han's just, just got what, his, Han's just got his feet up on the on the consoles. Chewie's Chewie's flying is like. You ever want to think what it'd be like to <laughs> suck a Banthas dick? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Chewie. We've all thought about it. <laughs> I'm not sick. You're sick. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Fuck you, buddy. Fuck you. Last time I bailed you out of a brothel on Tatooine. <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm not going to tell your wife. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's got a wife. Yeah. Chewbacca does. I'm pretty sure she's in the Christmas special. <laughs> Is uh, Chewbacca his uh, first or last name? Like, is, is, she, Miss, no, is she Mrs. Backer? Chewbacca the Wookiee. Is Wookie. he Chewbacca? Or is his last name the Wookiee? No, I think he's not. I think it's uh, Chewbacca, like Akon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean like one name? Yeah. Like an artist? Yeah, yeah. Here's what I love about that. <laughs> That your reference to that was Akon. <laughs> That's the first one name celebrity <laughs> not my Madonna? brain scrolled to. Not Bono? No, I thought they were too obvious. I thought Akon. Akon? Like, yeah. It's a, kind of, it's a bit of a deeper cut. <laughs> oh, wow. Fucking shout out to Akon. I know. It's, I bet, I mean, oh, you know what that I is? I never thought you know that what day it is? we discussed Akon on time. You know what it is? You've um, been going to the gym a lot. Yes, that's... Oh, and, fuck. And you would have been seeing fucking Akon. Oh, you, my God. You've got Akon poisoning. Fuck. Gym music, I'm pretty sure, is scientifically designed to bring on aneurysms. Like, when you hear people screaming at the gym, it's not because of the weight. It's because of the fucking music videos they play. A lot of Pitbull, right? A lot of Pitbull? Uh, yeah, a lot of Pitbull. A lot of European techno remixes that EDM, just, mate. but the music videos are just um, girls in bikinis running across beaches or or porn what there's a lot of ones that are just like porn okay. like I watched a couple of video clips the other day yes. and I was just like it's just like girls like you know yoga or aerobics or whatever yeah. with no clothes on really that wasn't but that's a, you're talking about a video that's about 10 years old oh am I yeah call on me Valerie that one oh no no there's a but it is kind of like that oh, one right. yeah it did remind me very much of that oh, one. Someone's, but even someone's more, done a reboot. But even more pornier. Someone's done a rebooty. Yeah, they were like, what about if it was even pornier than that? Can we have that one? Yeah, no, that's true. Those EDM, those European, and it's always some like, like name like DJ Sancho or something like that. And you're like, now, isn't it always like fucking Tiesto and cats like that? Well, that could be how my brain is interpreting that. The names mean so little to me. I don't even know. I mean, I, I said it with the confidence of someone who has no interest in it and doesn't follow it at all. So yeah. I've just heard of Disclaimer. Tiesto. I, uh, yeah, the, there's a, the, the worst feeling is getting to the gym. David Getter And realizing. Is David Getter involved? Yeah. He'd be involved, He's a right? He, but he does more mainstream stuff as well. Yeah, right? sure. He's like, oh, these, this is you just you like you don't know. I mean, they do it. have some Calvin Harris and Beyonce and all that yeah, kind of stuff, sure. but then they have these kind of complete no name right. things, and it's yeah, it's just I don't yeah, it's I'd, terrible. Yeah, I mean, you'd to, have be to be honest, taking heaps of drugs. To be honest, I've seen it. some of my music videos playing <laughs> in the gym, music videos that I've produced. So you know, I'm not going to sling mud, but geez, they suck shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
uh, yeah, you got to if you don't if you get to the gym and find out you don't have headphones, and for me it's like I might as well just not go. Like it, I can't I can't bear it. I got those noise cancelling Bluetooth ones, changed uh-huh. my fucking world. Not just for the gym, but. I never have to listen to anyone ever again. I can just surround myself with podcasts of people I can pretend to my friends and listen to them. <laughs> never have to acknowledge another human being. It's fantastic. They no- cancel out noise. Everything will. <laughs> now I can just concentrate on watching every Netflix movie, TV show. Okay. Yeah, so uh, what I was asking you was about uh, Back to the Future. Yes. Uh, talk me through... In those movies, which of them you like? I mean, in what order? Uh, uh, they, I mean, obviously, Back to the Future is. I think number one, 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 three, two. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Two has problems, and the and again, this is why I have my issue with Back to the Future Two Day, oh, as man. I'm calling it. But it's just it's. Yeah, you you can't get over the fact that it's the mythology. I just feel like it's giving a lot of fucking credit to like. But why? Fuck, they so mean. Like, I don't think Back to the Future deserves its own day. Back to the Future 2 deserves its own day. But does the trilogy deserve their own day? Yeah, but no one said it was Back to the Future trilogy day. Okay, so... And you know what? No, it, <laughs> it should be something that's in the original film, you, I think, you, for Back to the Future day. I think you sound a bit like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Well, I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, good, I'm willing to stand on this one. Okay. I, all I needed them to say was... Technically, it is not... Back to the Future Day. <laughs> it is Back to the Future 2 Day. <laughs> and thusly, I shall not be participating. <laughs> well done, Will. Nice hill to make your last stand on. I mean, but you know what? I, I, but I agree with me. I agree with fictional me portrayed <laughs> by you in this scenario. <laughs> I'm with him. It, like, it's Back to the Future 2 Day. And I did not enjoy Back to the Future 2. Do you even remember? Can you re- To me, it's Invasion Day. Can you remind me? Well, that's it. Like, can you remind me of what happened in Back to the Future 2 Day? Because here's what I would say back to, about Back to the Future 2. It took away some of the initial joy I got from Back to the Future. Yes. Because Back to the Future well, 2 uh, is substandard. The main, so the main, that's why I don't think we should be celebrating this something is, okay. that robbed mm, from here's the, the original goodwill. I feel like if it was a band, Back to the Future is the kind of, you know, album that everyone loves... And then Back to the Future 2 is the album where there's three really good tracks, but the rest of it's kind of garbage. Like, it's... And then they redeem themselves with a dependable third album. So I think... I can understand what you're saying. You don't want to celebrate the fucking um, Iron Man 2 of, of, of Back to the Future. That's the worst fucking metaphor analogy ever. Now, you don't want to... What's a, what's a shitty middle thing and then a good third one? Like a really shitty... Is there a th- shitty second album followed by a third good album? What was Radiohead's second album like? <clears throat> no, no, no. Very good. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, look, I know what you mean. I'm trying to think of what it was. Um, uh, you just need some like... I mean, it's essentially like every U2 album now. Yeah. The, like, you know, where there's like one. one good song that, that gets played must, in an there Apple. there must be a band that had just one drop-off album and then back... Well, that would be U2, I guess, when they did Pop. Was it called Pop? No. Nah, I mean, they'd fucking clocked about six in a row. It's like Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's career. Okay. You're saying, let's not celebrate Daredevil and usually Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You're saying Goodwill Hunting, Ben Affleck, great. Oh, that's a perfect example. So suddenly everyone's like, hey, it's Ben Affleck Day, everyone. It's Ben Affleck Day. And I realized that we celebrate Ben Affleck Day on a date that was like the date in Daredevil that blah, blah, blah happened. And you're like, no, no. Not having Ben Affleck Day, it's got to be on something from Goodwill Hunting or fucking Fargo, Largo, Fargo, Largo, Argo. Um, 
<laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not selling her, but I'm not celebrating a fucking G Lee fucking Ben Affleck day. Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. I yeah. I mean, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but it's kind of that album that you think is the weakest of your favorite bands, but still has three singles that you put on your iPod. You can say, look, in isolation, I agree, but there is enough goodwill at the start and the finish, and there's enough high points in the middle that you're like, okay, it's a rickety bridge between the two good ones, but it's a bridge and it works. Okay, but here's what I would say. I'm going to bring up the Mumford & Sons uh, like analogy here, which is the first time you hear a Mumford & Sons song, you're like, oh, that's pretty cool, and I've never really heard anything like that. Had a banjo and that's, before? That's really cool. I really like that. But by the time you've heard your ninth Mumford & Sons song, it makes you hate that first one that you enjoyed in the first place. You feel and that I feel strongly like, about Back to the Future Well, too. no, but that's there's an essence of that definitely about Back to the Future 2 that it kind of makes me like not enjoy I see, Back I to the Future I don't think there's anything that's particularly obnoxious about it like it's not the it's not a sequel that undoes it's not like the Highlander 2 okay that's true or anything no like it if anything like it doesn't destroy the mythology like explaining what the force is if anything I, I <laughs> no that's they do not do like that. the what it does what I liked about it was it actually kind of explained the idea of parallel dimensions okay yeah really well sure and there's a huge bit of exposition, and I'm sure reading that script as an actor, you'd be like, holy fuck, like, how is this not going to just look like me explaining what the fuck's going on in the film? But they do that really, really well. But I think that that, they have to establish that in order to then not do all the kind of, you know, multiple timelines and, and, and finish the film going from the future to the, to the 50s and why there's a new timeline, blah, blah, blah. But that takes a lot of steam out of the film. Because there's no other way. I mean, they could have risked it and not had that exposition scene and just let us try and find our way through this new Biff's timeline. But I think it's kind of... It takes away the joy because it's not the discovery. You know what's going on now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas in kind of the first Back to the Future, it goes back to the 50s and it's a bit more of a straightforward path. But you experience it with Marty, you know? Like the realisation that, you know, he's in the 50s and then having to find Doc Brown and then he's got to make sure his parents fall and all that kind of stuff. Whereas you know what's at stake now in, the, in this new Back to the Future. Do you know what I mean? Because it's spelt out in that one speech. So I think that's kind of what robs it. And also, the other major problem is taking Jennifer. And when you hear Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis talk about it, they didn't think they were going to make a sequel. If they had known, they wouldn't have put Jennifer in the DeLorean at the end of the first one. Because then they've got this person, this character, who doesn't actually make any sense in this story. And they have to kind of like crowbar in this thing about her and Marty getting married and her seeing herself. And it just, it's a B storyline that if you wanted to trim some fat out of the film, it would have to be that. I agree. That, that's one of my major problems with it, I reckon is that that does feel really forced in. And then it's like, it has to be such a big part of the story suddenly. Yeah. And I did not feel like it was necessary. Yeah. I'd never thought about it like that. And I forgot that they didn't... I, I mean, in fact, I don't know if I even knew until recently that I, that they you know, didn't know they were making a sequel and thus were stuck with her being in the... Yeah. The original <laughs> idea for the sequel for Back to the Future 2 was they had they wrote a draft where they went to the 60s where it was like um, the parents were now hippies and stuff but they said it just you know it didn't work and then they came up with the idea of doing two films back to back so they shot two and three back to back and Bob Zemeckis has sort of said if he had his time again he wouldn't have done it that way because 
he was totally pressed for time and he was flying off to, you know, the cowboy location then having to fly back and approve edits at night and he said he just felt like he wasn't giving it the time that it deserved. So I think you can see that in the film. Like, it's just it's maybe they bit off more than they could chew. I mean, The Matrix, if the third Matrix had been a good film, there'd be a lot of similarities because that's how they made the sequel to The Matrix. They made it at once. Yeah. And so you had a... Second film that had some good bits, but mainly just fucking confusing and underwhelming. And then the third one, I think they just completely lost it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've never watched those sequels. I've watched the second one again, but I've never seen Reloaded. No, what's the second, the third one? Matrix Revolutions. I've only seen once. Yeah, when I when they ha- uh, I watched the Matrix the other day, they had all three on that day. It was like one of those, like you know, on one of the channels, mm. and, I, and I was like, no, nah, I'm done. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, but yeah, I think the third Back to the Future managed to just. It's not as exciting as the first one, but it works. Like there's enough in it that it's it's fun. Yeah, they, I mean, that was a very enjoyable film. It yeah. still feels like it's not really quite a Back to the Future film. No. Like, you know, it feels like it's a good comedy, Western, whatever it is film. But well, the kind of thing that's sort of missing in that is that it's the Doc story. Right. And really, you want to follow Marty. Like, Marty is the... Is, in fact, Dan Harmon says in this documentary, it's quite interesting. He said, like, the film is so brilliant and the mythology is so solid and uh, the characters are so well-developed and well-rounded that Marty is a character that actually breaks one of the primary rules of screenwriting, which is that your protagonist is meant to have an inner goal. You know, he's pursuing his outer goal, which is to get back to, you know, the future. But what does he learn in the process? You know, he becomes a stronger man or more compassionate. He has no inner journey. Right. Like, <laughs> and the only thing he kind of, you know, the only thing he sort of really secretly desires is that, you know, his parents were cooler, which is like a a really selfish, (laughs) unlikable kind of want. But somehow it works. And I think it's because that character is, you can imprint yourself on him so easily because, you know, if you give him an inner journey of self-discovery or whatever, then you risk the audience not following that or, you know. But they just make him the perfect vehicle where everything that happens to him is happening to us as well. I mean, he's got to get over the fact that he's like, you know, he reacts to being called chicken. Yeah, I mean, there's that, but that's that's, that's, that, his, that's that's an inner journey, right? That, well, that's 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 a uh, that's in the second one. Oh, it's is that in two? It's only in the second one. I mean, I think he might get called a chicken in the first one, but he doesn't react. It's not like he can't oh. he can't walk away from it. But uh, yeah, the second one, it's a weird trope. That's I remember as a kid when I was in the cinema, and that trope of him, you know, not being able to resist being called chicken was introduced. I was like, huh, like that's a very <laughs> That's a very rubbery, you know, trope. Like, he's Achilles' heel. But then I think they redeem it when, you know, he's the, the last time he's uh, called Chicken, he's like, you know what? No, it's in the third, it's in the third film yeah. when, you know, Buford Tannen and, and Doc's like, don't fight him. And he's like, no, I'm going to fight him, I'm going to fight him. He called me Chicken. And then, then he's like, what am I fucking doing? He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and just like... So they, they kind of redeem it. It, does, they don't, it doesn't quite work in the second one, but there's a nice payoff in the third one. All right. But that's a journey. Yeah. He's chicken journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really an inner journey. <laughs> well, it's about his courage or whatever. It is. No, no, it's about him. His trigger. It's a tr- his trigger points. Yeah. Not reacting to yeah. provocation. 
Yeah. Being able to control his emotions. Yeah, but you see, you it's not he does he's not a deep character, he's not a deep protagonist. No. I mean that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess in the first Doesn't one... Doesn't like being called chicken. Well, in the first one, he wants a four-wheel drive so he can drive up to the lake yeah. with Jennifer. Yeah. He's a shallow I mean- <laughs> fuck. I hate him. I mean, it's not much of a hero's journey, is it? <laughs> no. All he wants is a truck so he can finger his girlfriend by the lake. And a guy who once almost sexually assaulted his mum to wash his car. <laughs> wash his truck. I think that's more fucking George's desire. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, that, that's pretty interesting. Uh, so, um, Star Wars, I think, is the same mythology. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like the Star Wars mythology. I've always found that, like, you know, the idea of the universe much more interesting than most of the things they've done with it. So, in a broad sense, what is the mythology of the universe? That there is an empire that rules all the galaxy, or just part of the galaxy? Um, what is the political structure of outer space? Uh, well, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Like, there well, seems I'm, to be like, I mean, you're probably asking the wrong guy. As I've just said, I'm not most massive Star Wars fan, but that <laughs> you said you like the mythology of it. I'm like, well, what is the mythology? Well, of you it? know, the Force and fucking lightsabers and shit. <laughs> <You're> so, <laughs> Jedi's. No, you don't like the you don't you like the mythology of Jedi's. You don't like the mythology of Star Wars. Oh yeah, that's a good point. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah I don't give a shit about the rest. I reckon the Jedi thing is cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, you don't like Ewoks or Wookies or Yoda. I know Yoda is a Jedi. Yeah, you, but you're right. But I wouldn't be interested in him if he wasn't so a Jedi. So would you watch a Han Solo movie? A Solo Han Solo? <laughs> they call it just Solo. And it's just about Han. What a great film. You call him Han? Han. 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 Whatever. Han. I've never met him. <laughs> I don't know what he prefers. Does, does he ever say it himself? It might be Han. I don't know. Han Solo. Han Solo. No, I think it's the American accent. Han Solo. Han Solo? Yeah, but does he, does he yeah, ever say... Han Solo is very Australian. But does he ever say Han Solo in the movies? Like, is there like a James Bond movie where it's... it's Solo. Like, it's Han Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. No, I don't think he ever refers to himself. Because I, I reckon he wouldn't bring it up. Because I reckon it's one of those names where well, he'd be like... he's a fucking pirate. He would be also, he's like, I'm, uh, I'm a Han Solo. And they're like, oh, it's Han Solo? And he's like, no, it's Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. it's like, Han Solo. Han Solo? <laughs> no, 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 Han... Yeah. When he's doing the when he's uh, when he's when he's trying to order a taxi. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say barn slow? No, no, no. So it's solo Han. as in by myself. <laughs> Han as in the beer. <laughs> Han solo. Um, yeah. No, I think that um, I don't know if he ever says it. So I, that might just be what people think his name is. Yeah, I just have always thought the pronunciation was Han. Yeah, I guess it probably is. Han Solo. You're Han right. Solo. Han Solo. Uh, uh, well, I would watch a Han Solo solo movie, yeah. but So you'd watch Serenity? <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not really solo in that either. But yeah, Jedi. I like Je- I like the Jedi. Yeah. Do you like it now that it's been explained as many <laughs> No, I'm just ignoring that again. Well, is that what they're doing? I just like the, you they know. They must ignore it. How do you, all right, you're a writer, you're J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah. And they say, okay, well, look, part of this deal we had with buying uh, the, this film from George Lucas is we couldn't retcon the mythology. So what right. was established. You're stuck the, with midichlorians. Yeah, midichlorians. Yeah. Make this film cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did, you just never mentioned it again. Like, you know, yeah, sure, they exist or whatever, but, you know, whatever. Like, 
Time passed. So it'd be, it'd be kind of be like, though, they're doing... Oh, the- you know what it could be, actually? Yeah. Is because isn't that... So, in the Star Wars timeline, midi-chlorins is in the prequels, right? Yeah, yeah. So, the you Jedi, know what? The Jedis have been wiped out, and so no one really knows about the midi-chlorins because they're, they're an almost extinct order. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, the did- new Jedi say, you know what, when we... Numbers build a bit. Just keep the whole midichlorian thing to yourself. It's kind of embarrassing. Or maybe you know what it was? Maybe it was discredited research. Yeah. Yes. Do you mean maybe the midichlorian? Yeah. Body? Qui-Gon Jinn was an anti-vaxxer. Right. The yeah. midichlorian, they were the anti-vaxxers of their time. Yes. And they were like, the force isn't a real... Oh, no, it's, it's just midichlorians. Yeah, that's right. So Anakin, yeah. Anakin gets the Jedi Council and is uh, is facing the council and he's like, oh, so Qui-Gon reckons I've got a high count of uh, midichlorians? And they're like, yeah. oh, fuck it. Did he oh, tell God. you that? Quite, you know what? You know, Quaggon's not a doctor, right? Yeah. He's a Jedi. He's not a doctor, right? And being a no Jedi one knows what the force is. Don't like, people don't know. Yeah, he's got his own theories. <laughs> yeah. And look, he's really good at sword fighting and stuff, so we keep him on. Yeah, yeah. And we have to put up with some of his crazy opinions. Yeah. But look, Quaggon spent look, two days on Google, and he thinks he's an expert. Look, he's reading a lot of blogs. Yeah, <laughs> we just. But look, he's reading a go lot to, of blogs. Go to truthers.com. You'll find it all out. I mean, he's been watching a lot of online videos. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's exactly that's right. exactly how you do it. Yeah. I'd love to see like a scene where it's like the Jedi Council. So in the in the new films, in the J.J. Abrams and the Jedi Council having like a press conference or something, and some like investigative reporter, galactic reporter, puts his hand up and says, uh, "Just wondering if you can uh, verify that uh, the Force is actually powered by metachlorians." It's <laughs> like murmurs <laughs> amongst all the Jedi. I mean, look, it's like it's like asking a Scientologist yeah. about so well about the thetan levels. But, uh, hey, there's been a myriad of studies. Uh, the midichlorian theory has been disproved. Uh, we've all been on the public record that none of us believe in midichlorians anymore. We believe that the force is a mystical <laughs> thing. Yeah, no, that's I, that you could easily. Qui Gon has just published a new paper saying that <laughs> the midichlorians are microscopic organisms. That, uh, <laughs> would you care to comment on that? <laughs> Look, the work of Qui Gon Jin has been discredited on several. He's not. He's a Jedi. He's not a doctor. <laughs> and his views on climate, intergalactic climate science are shoddy at best. In fact, we're going to deny him a visa yep. to enter Tatooine. <laughs> um, yes. All right. Uh, well, we should finish up okay. soonish. So, um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? No. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Uh, well, there was about? some news about your life in the paper. Do you want to talk about that on the podcast? Oh, yeah, shit. Because, uh, I mean, it's been in the paper and shit now. So. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's out there. So uh, things have changed in Tofop land. Yeah. I'm not drinking and uh, I got married. <laughs> <laughs> Two not connected. Huh? Two, the no, two, no, yeah. no, not connected. Jim was like, we, we can get married, but you've you got, got to stop drinking. drinking. The only way I got her run down the aisle was to get her drunk. <laughs> so, yeah. Or you sobered up and you were like, oh my God, I'm not going to get better, better than this. this. Yeah. No, it was a, it was what is known as a shotgun wedding. Uh-huh. Uh, we, no, that, no, it's not. Isn't it? No. Isn't a shotgun wedding like where you just... Like, no. You, no. A shotgun wedding is when you knock someone up. Oh, no. Well, no, you, no, it wasn't a shotgun wedding. Yeah. Without, it was a shotgun wedding without the baby. <laughs> It was a non-baby shotgun. No, because the shotgun, in my understanding, without being an expert in this, the idea is that you're getting married at the, the point, point of, the, of shotgun. the shotgun because yeah. you've knocked up someone's daughter and the you know, dad's yeah. forcing you to get married. No, no, there was a guy there with a gun. Oh, okay. I was out like, you were in LA. Yeah, yeah. It was, that's compulsory. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> now, was... How many guys with guns will you need? <laughs> 
It was a spontaneous decision. We decided on a Monday to get yeah. married, and then we were wed by the Wednesday, and it was... Uh, it's like a Craig David song. It was, yeah, we got married. We decided to get married on the Monday. <laughs> put a ring on a finger by Wednesday. <laughs> there you go. Mostly admin stuff on Tuesday. Yeah, I'll, I'll hear that at the gym <laughs> pretty soon. A song that sounds Remix just like by that. Tiesto. <laughs> Tiesto uh, and Craig David. Yeah, so it was nice. I mean, it was a small wedding. Like a lot of, I mean, most of our friends weren't there because uh, selfishly you all live in Australia. But um, yeah, no, it was nice. It was just a little ceremony. Uh, a few friends. We couldn't have any family there, which is a bummer. Um, but we sort of wanted to just get it done. And then have a proper party when we can actually sort of get everyone together. So, so how's married life? Well, two days after marrying my wife, I <laughs> flew back to Australia. So we've only had like two days of being married. But look, we've been together 12 years. So I kind of feel like uh, she's the right one. <laughs> hey, what a, but, you know, you still, it is like, I mean, it's got to be different or you wouldn't do it. Do you know what it I mean? It does feel different. I didn't. So think does it, it feel different? Well, you know, actually, there's a couple of things that actually struck me about it. The first one was, you know, when it was all coming together and we you know, found this beautiful spot to do it and we had some friends come around and everyone sort of pitched. And it was a really lovely kind of little moment. And I was like, I feel really special. Like, you know, seeing like friends of mine were like stringing like, lights and trees and some guy catered the whole thing for us and someone else played music. And it was just one of those, hey, let's all put on a show kind of moments. And I was like, I just felt very loved. And then I thought, we are denying like a good chunk of the population this feeling for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, if anything, it was just a, a, like a, a, just a momentary feeling of love for my friends. It's like, everyone deserves to have that, you know? And I think you can say, oh, they, well, they could have birthdays and civil ceremonies. No, it's not. There's something about... because weddings in our culture being so ingrained to be revered as the ultimate sign of love and whether or not you believe that whatever each to their own but to deny a group of people the ability to have that feeling is outrageous you know like i just thought i thought about my my brother and my sisters and i'm like they can't do this like why are they different to me that they can't have this moment it doesn't make any sense Oh, yeah. Next, you want fucking dogs again. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I came home and I saw my dog and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Why can't Junior have this day? So, Every day is your wedding day when you're a dog. You get looked after, get to be made feel special. So that was that was the first thing. And then the second thing, which was quite nice, was uh, we did our own vows. And uh, like, because it was so rushed, like I sort of had to just find time to sit down and write them out. And <laughs> initially, I was like writing a bit. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> This is not to entertain the 10 people who are there. Like, this is my chance to say to Gemma everything that she means to me. And it's sort of a full-on moment. Like, you think it won't matter. You think... Because you tell each other that you love each other all the time. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But because you've decided to I make- thought you were saving that to a marriage. What? Telling each other you love each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not until we're married. Yeah. I love... Hey. That. You no, know no, what no, we no, said? no, 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 no. We're not saying until we're married. <laughs> until I've got a ring on this finger, we like each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can use the small L word, not the big L word. Lesbians? <laughs> yeah, lesbians are fun. <laughs> lesbians are fun. Excellent. Um, they that- can't get married, so that's fine. <laughs> so you write those words out and it's like, I don't know, there's something about getting up in front of your friends and saying, you know, those, you know, the thing, what this person means to you. It just feels very, it felt very special i was surprised like never we never talked about getting married it was just kind of like this sort of split second decision and it was just good like i sort of came back feeling different like 
And again, it just sort of took me back to, well, why do I get to have this feeling? And then some people don't for no good reason. And there is no good reason. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, it's great. It's a good feeling. And I think everyone should have the choice to have that feeling. Uh, well, I mean, this podcast is not for getting political, Charlie. <laughs> so I'll just have to edit that out. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Anything coming up? Anything you need to no. tell people about? Um, um, I, don't, do, I we... don't know if the LA po- Podcast Festival live stream things st- is still up, but if it is still up, if you use the TOEFOP code, you get five bucks off and you can watch as many of those uh, videos as you can in the time that's left. Yeah. We should probably bring up uh, Patreon. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's yeah, bring that up. Uh, all right. So we've been postponing and putting things off because we've been kind of busy, but we're thinking of uh, starting a Patreon page. And for people who don't know what Patreon is... Hey, Charlie, what's Patreon? Patreon is a way that you can uh, support the uh, free entertainment that you know and love uh, by making monthly donations of any amount. So it's kind of like a Kickstarter, but it's um, you give your credit card details and you can nominate an amount to donate to a show from you know whatever amount. I, um, I, I support Are You Dude, for example. Yeah. Um, and like... And develop... I- yeah, and the dollop, and uh, like you know, you could like I think I, I do ten bucks a month or something like that. But literally, you can do like a dollar a month or whatever, can't you? Like yeah, if, yeah. I don't know. Can you do less than that, or is it I think like it's a dollar, dollar the minimum? No, because everyone, because on all the pages I checked out, everyone makes the same joke of like, oh, you can give us nothing and we'll give you a hug or something like that. Okay, yeah, so, oh, we're not giving you a hug for nothing. No, we'll fucking punch you in the face. <laughs> Take that shit, and then we'll rob you. Nothing. I mean, you give it. Ironically, this- the lowest nomination <laughs> is going to cost you the most. When we come around your house, we beat your fucking ass. Right, and you should see that coming because our top level of donation is to fund that process. <laughs> In fact, that's all we're really raising money for. We're raising money to hire someone to so track, track down, down the, the people who didn't give us money <laughs> so that we can punch them. <laughs> that's some inception shit right yeah, there. there you that's go. awesome. Uh, I might have to change the uh, the top donation bracket. So basically, Will and I have been coming up with some things we want to do in the future, more episodes, um, you know, uh, getting some software that we can record when we're not in the same city, um, basically expand what we're doing. But we need, and a and the thing bit is, we always wanted, um, we always want to keep the podcast free to you guys. And look, we've toyed with the ideas of doing advertise, uh, advertising, and this, I'm not judging other people, and I'm not saying that sometime in the future, if that's what it ends up being. But I like that it's not. There's no advertising in the podcast, and um, you know, but to do it regularly, particularly with us being in different places and to do a couple other things that we really want to do and just to pay for our stupid ideas as well. Um, You know, well, basically, we can keep doing what we're doing now Mm. and it can just stay how it is. And we wanted a way where people don't have to actually pay for the podcast. Like, if you can't afford to or if you just don't feel like, you know, it's it's, that's for you, then that's absolutely fine. But this is kind of a place where if somebody wants to contribute and they're like well I guess if they have some more money they'll be able to do it more regularly or whatever then that's what it's and here's the thing like Will and I both have jobs yeah so we're doing fine and we're both doing fine so don't feel like you have to give it because you're helping us out like just whatever if you've got like change in your ashtray that you keep for like you know paying tolls this is very much for the sort of person like myself like you know, with uh, your dude and the double up and things like that, where you're like, well, I don't need to, mm. you know, support these, but I want to. Like, yeah. I get enjoyment from it. Oh, don't and get us I have wrong. We will to- charge you for stuff eventually. But what we're saying <laughs> is just support us to the point where we can then charge you for stuff. It's actually the same thing as like, 
give us some money so we can come in and punch your head in. We're just doing it in a in a more salesman kind of way. I mean, that's a very good point. But <laughs> we would like to do some more live shows and do some you know, different... Like, we're, we're thinking about doing a footy podcast maybe next year as well. Yeah. But we just... Like, to be able to afford the time to do those things, then we yeah. need to just, like, you know, make it a little bit more official. So this is just yeah. us dipping our toe in the water of, yeah. of, uh, uh, of that, I think. And uh, we are going to have an enticement um, for people. So basically, you can nominate your donation level. Oh, yeah. Because how does it work? Because like, I, even I'm not sure about how it works. And I'm, I'm not, I'm and not I'm sure. Okay. Well, how, how do we believe it works so far? Let's say what we think it is. Okay. And there's probably someone listening to this right now who actually probably knows about well, it more yeah, than and we do. Can tell us. And then they can tell us what we're getting yeah. right or wrong. So I think basically, so you can choose a, a nomination amount. And the way other people do it on their pages is if you donate a certain amount per month, say $5, $10, then you get a different reward thing. Like you get access to this you know private youtube page and see these special videos and stuff now we're not great at like that kind of shit no but one terrible idea we embarked on a while back that is still <laughs> yet to be completed <laughs> is the tofop book yeah. which um is just <clears throat> hemorrhaging money <laughs> like um one of our loyal teabaggers uh, uh sean maluga uh, oh, God, I hope I said that right. Maybe it's Magula Maluga. Magula Maluga. Let's go the thing off. Which is what we've thought several he, times in this process. He is very generously um, helping us put together this book. And uh, basically, we, <laughs> we're going to print off, say, 100 copies of this book. And we'll sign a few of them. And so... Now, um, this book is the transcript. The transcript from... Total the live 100th show when we had Melissa the stenographer. Yeah, but we've also so. got some... I don't want to kind of, you know, it'll be a nice surprise. There's got other little things, other little tofop bits and pieces in there, which could be fun. And the design's quite cool. Like, I think we're, we're definitely getting there. It's just, it's very hard for you and I to make a decision about anything. <laughs> um, but also, I, I want to just do a bit more work on it. But when we're ready to go, we're thinking, so the first 50 people to donate a certain amount or if to get us over a... a th- Basically, to get the book made, we need to get a certain amount. So the first in to do that will have first access to the book or something like that. We'll work the details out. But there will be an incentive just to kind of get the whole thing rolling. And then, you know, after a month or a couple of months, let's see if you're yeah. still happy with we'll see how that goes. what we're producing. And then we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put in some other levels and incentives and yeah. stuff. I mean, basically, the cost of <laughs> designing and printing a book yeah. like we would have to sell it at quite a, a big rate to make money back. So rather than do that, if the people donating to Patreon could pay for the books to be made, right. we'll send some out. And then keep giving us some money afterwards, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what's the best model. Uh, yeah, our motto is pay for our mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and look, we're, it, we're, we're, we're so much more in the hole on this podcast than we need to be. Yeah. That's the truth of it. Yeah, just give it... Most of it is our fault. Yeah. What did you message me the other day... <laughs> Like, because oh, oh, we, we want to spoil cause, that. No, well, oh, okay. yeah, we can say, right. we can say, because I mean, it's all part of the, you know. Okay, I just, but, I had basically my... we first had the stenographer. Yeah. Then at the LA the podcast festival, we had a courtroom artist. Oh yeah. And then the other day, and then, I got a message from you. Yeah, saying next time we do Tofop live, <laughs> we should get one of those old timey piano players from a silent movie. So that can underscore our conversation. So when we get serious, it's like dun 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 dun, and then like we're joking, it's like you know what I mean. So if everyone could join the Patreon page, that would be great. We will get an old timey pianist, to accompany our next live show. All right, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. 